I think we all have regrets about the past. We look back and think, I wish I would have done things differently or I wish things would have happened differently or not happened the way that they did. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Wonderful Life, how to make peace with the past. I'm Mary Dittman. For years, I struggled with being unhappy because I'm single and I don't wanna be. But I've learned how to be happy while I'm single. If you're ready to find peace as a single woman, you're ready for a wonderful life. Do you ever just feel like your life is like that movie Groundhog Day where you just keep repeating the same situations over and over again? Like you keep getting your heart broken, you keep getting betrayed, or you keep getting disappointed, and it just feels like the same thing over and over? Well, that actually might be valid because sometimes we do keep repeating our same patterns from the past, and that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Wonderful Life, how to make peace with the past so that you can have a different future. Hi, I'm Mary Dittman. I'm an award-winning business professor on the collegiate level and the creator of College on Fleek and Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life is my way of describing how it feels when you've made peace with being single. I know that there are some women out there who prefer to be single and they say, I don't want a man, I don't want a relationship. And that's cool, but that's not how I feel and I've never felt that way. I've always wanted to be married and have a family, but I'm well over 40 and that hasn't happened for me. And that's always been a source of sadness for me because part of my definition of a fulfilling life is being a wife and a mother. But I had to figure out how to become happy and peaceful in my life because singleness did not seem to be changing. Wonderful Life isn't about trying to get you to prefer singleness. Wonderful Life is about helping you learn how to be happy while you're single, even if you're not happy because you're single. Now, psychologists tell us that the reason we seem to repeat the same patterns over and over is that it's actually your psyche reenacting situations usually rooted in your childhood that you're trying to heal. And so, for example, if your dad was physically abusive, you may find yourself in relationships with men who are physically abusive for two reasons. Number one, it feels normal. And number two, you're trying to resolve that situation from your past by hoping it will be different now. The problem is that usually we're coming into situations with all of the baggage from the past and we usually don't do things differently. But before you can really learn from the past and do things differently, you have to get clear on what the problem was in the first place. Now, I like to use a tool from Alcoholics Anonymous. In AA, alcoholics use what they call the fourth step. And the fourth step is where you take a fearless and searching moral inventory. And the alcoholic is to take a piece of paper and write down the name of the person that they're resentful towards. And then what did the person do? Like, why do I resent them? And then how did that affect me? So for example, I might say, I'm resentful of my ex-boyfriend because he cheated on me and this damaged my self-esteem or I'm resentful at my 
boss because I didn't get a promotion and that affected my finances and my self-esteem. But you go through and you make a list of who are you resentful towards? Who are you angry at? Who has hurt you? Now, by the way, up to this point, it's pretty fun because you, you're writing a list and it's all about everyone who's, everything everybody's done that has hurt you. But truthfully, most of us can recite a list from memory of who has done what to hurt us. That doesn't help us. It's actually the second part of the fourth step that has the healing power. And that's where you go back through that list and you say, what did I do to contribute to the situation? Now, when you're a child, you're not doing anything to contribute to things that happened to you. So if you experienced abuse or neglect as a child, I do not believe that you did something to contribute to that or to cause that in any way. But when you're an adult, I believe that we co-create our situations. Again, I'm not saying that if you walked into a restaurant and someone came in and started opening fire and shooting at people, I'm not saying that you did something to create that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that in most situations, we do something to cause our own pain. It could be that you thought, I don't really want to go to this restaurant tonight. Like your intuition was telling you not to go and you said, oh, I'm being silly and you went anyway. Or it could be the case that you're having a hard time getting over that situation. And so it could be that you're doing something, not that you did anything to contribute to what happened back there in your adult life, but that you're doing something now to keep yourself in pain. And I'm not saying that to ask you to judge yourself. I'm saying this to help you if you want to be free. And not everybody wants to be free. Some people want the resentment. They want to be a victim because that gives them attention. So we don't have to let go of the past and we don't have to experience healing. One of the stories from the Bible that I like is when Jesus happens upon the pool at Bethesda and the tradition was that once a year, an angel would come and stir up the water and whoever was the first into the pool would be healed. And Jesus came across a man who was an invalid who had been there for 38 years. And he said to Jesus, well, I ain't got no man to help me. Doesn't that sound familiar? I don't have anyone to help me. And every time I get close to the pool, somebody else gets in before me and gets my healing. And how many times have we said that? Every time I think I'm going to get married, someone else gets it. And Jesus looked at him and said, do you want to be whole? So Jesus was trying to determine, well, do you want to be healed? Because I don't know about you, but I think in 38 years, I could make my way pretty close to the edge of that pool. Although, how many years do we carry around things that we're not ready to let go of? So we have the option, and that's something we have to ask ourselves. Do I want to be free of this? Do I want to feel whole? Do I want to be healed? And it's okay if the answer is no. But if the answer is yes, you're going to have to do some things. When I'm doing a fourth step on a relationship or even a friendship maybe that's gone sour, sometimes it's hard for me to determine what did I do to help contribute to the situation. 
because a lot of times we just feel like, well, I don't know, I was being really great and he just changed his mind or he just stopped feeling or he just went out and found someone else. But even if it's only 1% your fault, then you have to deal with that 1%. And for me, what I found was that in these situations that I genuinely thought, well, I didn't do anything, I did. I ignored the red flags. I didn't follow my intuition. I had a girlfriend one time that was very hot and cold up and down. And I would see her do this with people she worked with, with her own family members, with other friends that she had. And she would just turn on a dime. One day she'd be your friend and the next day it was like she didn't know you anymore. And I saw her do that. I saw that that was her pattern in other areas. But I thought, well, but we're friends. She's not gonna do that to me. Well, guess what? She did. And so when I was going through a fourth step and working on this, and at first I said, well, I didn't do anything to cause this. I was a good friend. I tried to talk to her about it, da da da. But when I kept digging, I said, wait a minute. I did contribute to this because I saw that pattern and I refused to believe that she would turn it on me. Sometimes we say, well, I just attract jerks. I mean, if there's a jerk in the room, I'm gonna attract him. Or I've heard women say, well, my pickers broke. But the problem isn't that you attract jerks. The problem is you give them your phone number and then go on a date with them. So we can't even put it on other people like, well, I'm just a jerk magnet or I just attract losers. No, we have to take responsibility that if someone who's a jerk or who's a loser comes up to you, even if you don't realize that and you give them your phone number, as soon as you realize it, you've got to end it. That's how you break the cycle in your life of keep repeating the same mistake over and over because that's how the past becomes our present and that becomes the future because we keep doing the same thing over and over and you're gonna keep getting the same results. In my case, when I would do a fourth step on a failed relationship, I would always see a pattern. My patterns were things like, I wasn't clear about what I wanted, or I wasn't honest about what I wanted, or I would think, well, maybe I can make this work even though there were a bunch of red flags, or, well, I really don't wanna be alone, so maybe I need to be accepting. I'd make excuses for inexcusable behavior. I would not say anything if I was treated poorly. I would waste time in relationships with men that I was not attracted to, or I would waste time in relationships with men who were upfront with me and said, I really don't ever wanna get married, or I don't wanna get married again. And I would think, well, maybe I could be okay with that, even though I knew I wanted to get married. In A Course in Miracles, it says that the ego's dictate in love is to always be seeking and never finding. And in A Course in Miracles, the ego is that part of us that's always sabotaging us. Now, it's the part of us that says, well, I really am trying to help myself and I really love myself. But it's really the part of you that says, I love myself and therefore I'm gonna to try to help myself. But it's that part of you that sabotages, that gets into the same problems every time and then doesn't solve them. But that really resonated with me, always seeking and never finding. And yeah, how would I find the right guy when I was in these 
situations that were not going to go well. They were not going to result in a healthy relationship or a healthy marriage. So no, of course I was never going to find a good guy. I was just staying in these unproductive relationships. So when I did this, I was able to see that my singleness wasn't just random bad luck or, oh, I'm just a, you know, it just hasn't worked out for me or the universe just wants me to be single for some cosmic reason. No, I realized I'm single because I do these things that are keeping me single. And upon realizing that, I said, okay, well, wait a minute. If I don't want to be single, I need to quit doing this stuff because these are the things that are keeping me single. It's not the universe keeping me single. It's not men are all jerks. It's none of that. It's not my age. It's I'm doing these things and they're keeping me single and I need to quit doing them. Now, I'd like to tell you that since I identified these things that everything changed, I met my Mr. Right and now I'm happily engaged. That has not happened. But what I do know is that if a Mr. Right comes along, I know what not to do. And if a guy comes along who is not Mr. Right for me, I know what to do and what not to do. I used to be really afraid of dating and relationships because I had the perception that, well, you can do everything right. You can be the best girlfriend. You can be so in love with a man and treat him like a king. And then you'll just, you won't even see it coming. He'll just up and leave you one day. And I understand that things like that happen, but normally, there's some kind of red flag. Normally you start to see something or you get that little check. Women are very intuitive and we get that little check that something's not right here. Maybe I can't put my finger on it, but something ain't right. And many times we ignore that. And so I had a lot of fear around dating and relationships because I thought, well, I can go all in and really do my best. And then just without any warning, I'm going to get dumped. Well, see, then I realized that's not what's been happening. I'm seeing red flags or I'm participating in a situation where I'm not saying what I want. I'm not being truthful. And so, yeah, it would feel like I just got dumped with no explanation, but that's really not what was happening. And so for that reason, I see that it's not just some random event when a relationship doesn't work out. It's a result. It's not random. It's a result of behavior. It's either my behavior that I need to change or the other person's behavior that I need to be aware of and maybe get away from. Because if you want a present and a future that's different from your past, you have to change it up. You have to change what you're doing. Now I'd like to hear from you in the comments. Have you made peace with your past? And Wonderful Life is a dialogue, not a monologue. And we'd love to hear from you. You can always connect with us here or at wonderfullife.com. We post a new blog every Friday, so you might want to check that out and join us next time on Wonderful Life.